Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 168. What's going on? I am Matt O'Leary with Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing? Uh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I'm sure other people listening may not be okay, I guess. They're a little stressed out, and I get that. Um, so there's, let, let's try to give you some reprieve because by the time you listen to this, it still might not be figured out. And, and you know what I mean by it. Mm-hmm. Let's not get into that specifically. So, uh, yeah, let's get into some Isles talk before that. What's going on with you, Matt? How are you doing? Stressed, busy at work, excited to get my mind off of things for, uh, about an hour and talk some New York Islanders hockey with you guys. It's always fun, but I think we, we need it today and at times like this. So. I'm excited to get That's into fair. it, Mitch. Perfect. Well, Lou Lamarola helped us out this week, right? Oh, my Gave God. us something. He saw, like, the world's kind of in trouble or things are going on. People are getting stressed. You know what? Let's sign a big player. Let's just go and do something. Like, he just woke up today, had his bowl, and he's like, you know what? Today's the day. Absolutely. So, Lou Lamarillo inked Ryan Pulak to a two-year deal, $5 million AAV. So, a team-friendly deal. Another bridge deal for him uh, as he was coming off a two-year deal. What was the cap hit on that last one? Two million? It was two. It was straight two. Straight two. There you go. Uh, so he gets a little bit of bump in in uh, pay right there, and it helps out the Islanders because uh, we anticipated that number being over six million against the cap. I, I thought at least six if it went through arbitration, right? Um but yeah, this, this is great for the Islanders for, on a number of reasons. Not not only do they just get Ryan Pollock. That's the first one, right? They get to keep Ryan Pollock for two years. Awesome. And we'll, we'll see what happens after that. I know we, we can get into that specific part of the debate at, at some point later. But Advantage Islanders, they signed a guy that they wanted to keep, their number one D-man, who wanted to stay here, right? Even though he's an RFA, like you saw Sebastian Ajo was an RFA, and he didn't necessarily want to stay with Carolina. Um, wanted to stay and wanted to help the team out too, uh, and get some get his right and help the team to move forward. And they did that today, right? And 
I, I wrote about, you did, I did. There was a lot going on about it, obviously. That was the big story from today, so that's why we're leading off with it. But uh, to me, it just, it, it works for both sides for a few different reasons. One, we'll start from the Islanders' perspective. They're in a cap crunch, clearly. So they could yep. not uh, afford to pay him a ton of money. So saving anywhere against the cap is great. And it's only two years, so it allows flexibility. From the players' perspective, Ryan Pulak will be 28 years old when this is over. So he gets a a really nice bump in in pay for now, but he's not screwed because the contract isn't ending at an awkward age. Like heading into free agency at 28 is fine. That's setting him up for a payday. Whether it's with the Islanders or somewhere else, you could feel comfortable giving him a seven-year deal, depending on how the next two years go, obviously. But if things keep progressing the way that they do, he can get a long-term deal for more money in just a couple of years. So I really see this working on both sides. Yeah, which is why they did it, right? Like, they were headed towards arbitration, not today, um, uh, but on Friday. But the the way the CBA structures uh, arbitration hearings is that the Islanders and Pollock's team had until 9 a.m. today to submit their briefs. So that is, what are you, what are you setting, uh, what's your ask? In, in Ryan Pollock's case. And, and for the Islanders, it's uh, what are you offering and for how long? And then what is your entire just what is your entire argument around both sides, right? They had to submit that to the arbitrator tonight, today at nine. And then lo and behold, we find at 10 o'clock, like, oh, we signed a deal. Did you think like they, they got they got the briefing, although they don't get it right. They don't see the briefing. So I, I don't understand how, because they have to like recontact according. Like this is all laid out in the CBA. They have to contact the arbitrator to give them the password to the the whole email and all that stuff and all the briefs. So like I, I feel like once they submitted everything, they they both sides knew their number and they're kind of like, guys, we can't go through this arbitration. Let's hammer something out and like boom, lickety split within an hour, it's done. Yeah. I love that because I didn't want this to go to arbitration. I don't think any either side did. I know you wrote about it this morning, like what the numbers could look like. But in a perfect world, this wasn't getting to arbitration. So I'm glad that we have this figured out, A, because we get to talk about it on the podcast now. But B, just because we don't want it to get to that point with your number one defenseman. No, when you slog it out to say he's not worth what he says he's worth, right? And that's never any fun. Neither side really wants to get into that. That's just trench warfare. And then you leave it feeling gross afterwards. Like, I got a deal. Yay, that they didn't want to give me. Awesome. Like, it just doesn't feel good. Uh, And it's not a way to move forward. Uh, specifically with your your number one D-man, which which is important for the Islanders because they're a defense-first team, right? Like, this is their number one guy in the number one area uh, of importance for them. Uh, They don't want to start, like, ruffling feathers for no apparent reason, right? So getting this deal done was very important on a number of levels, uh, more specifically on the Ryan Pollock front and getting that blue line figured out. Absolutely. So this was... Very exciting news for us this morning, and uh, uh, more to come, obviously, because th- there is still more work to be done, but uh, I-, I think it's completely fair to say that this is a good deal for both sides, which is uh, which is rare to say. Have you seen anyone argue against that? That it, I, I haven't. No, 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 I, ha- I haven't either. Um, which is rare, right? In these times, like, there's always a take. And, and there's none. No one's saying, like, this is a bad deal. You have some people saying, like, I wish it was longer. But, like, yeah, of course everyone wishes it was longer. But this is probably the best deal that they could have got, considering where they were at in negotiations. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess um, 
Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything else to say in in terms of um, when when you're talking about people who weren't, you know, happy with the deal. I didn't notice anyone who was like, "Nah, this is a bad move from from Pulak's perspective or from the Islanders' perspective." Like I said, it, it really is beneficial to both sides. And not only could he, Pulak get paid again, but the cap situation in two years is going to be completely different. The cap situation right now stinks, and next year is probably going to stink also. So. I understand the two years actually probably makes the most sense Then, like going a one year deal probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense because I don't expect the market to change a whole lot and three year then. Okay. Maybe you're screwing yourself a little bit becoming a free agent at 29 at that point. Uh, so two really makes the most sense. Yeah. It, it's a fair place to, to go. Uh, and then you bank on yourself, obviously if you're Ryan Pollock, who, who would have had 40 plus points this year uh, at the way things were trending, so he's really backing himself here, and, and he's doing it right. Like you said, in two years' time, the, the market should open up because we'll have you know fans and seats for hopefully at least a full year, uh, maybe even two. I don't, I don't know all that. Uh, but and there'll, there'll be butts and seats, which is vitally important for the NHL in terms of making money. Uh, most of the, the revenue is from gate receipts. Um, so like they, they need butts and seats. And, and so in two years' time, that that'll the money will start flowing in again and allow people like Ryan Pollock to get paid again, uh, which is hugely important for him specifically. And for the Islanders, like just their, their cap situation in two years' time is going to be incredible. right? Like you got guys like Nick Letty, Johnny Boychuk, um, Leo Komarov, Cal Clutterbuck, and Thomas Hickey, did I already name him, coming off the books. Yeah, so it's going to be a completely different looking cap situation for the New York Islanders. And at that point, you'd hope they'd be able to afford to keep him on an extension for more money, you'd assume. Yeah, well, so they're, they're scheduled to have $41.05 million in terms of, in, in cap space then. Of course, Barzell isn't signed. Uh, that, that also doesn't keep Adam Pellick signed, mm-hmm. Ilya Sorokin, and then a bunch of other guys like Del Cole, whatever, Anthony Beauvillier uh, uh, amongst them as well. So like, th- there's a lot of room there for guys like Ryan Pollock to get paid by the Islanders. Yeah, absolutely. And um, this does leave a little bit of flexibility if they wanted to get out, which I'm not saying that's the route that they are looking to go. But let's say... Uh, Noah Dobson develops a little bit over the next two years and he he looks far and away a, a number one defenseman, then theoretically you could um, uh, you could also keep Pulak and have two really good defensemen. Maybe that would be the plan. But I just think Lou is doing a really good job of setting himself up for all different kinds of scenarios, not just for the right now, but for the future also, which is really cool. Yeah, because he has to think of the right now, right? They just made the Eastern Conference Finals. They made the second round last year. Like, things are... Not like, I should stop saying that. But things are progressing in a linear and upwards trajectory for the New York Islanders with this core or this roster of players. And now you add in more quality depth in terms of no adoption, like you said. Excuse me, Ilya Sorokin. uh, And and things could potentially progress up to that level. So you, you have to keep these guys. You have to. In two years' time, do you have to keep them? Probably not. But if you can, you obviously would like to, right? Like if you can negotiate a $7 million deal for five years with Ryan Pollock later in two years time, you, you probably do that. Uh, of course, consider assuming his, his career goes in, in the upper trajectory along with the Islanders over those two years. Uh, also noting that Dobson will have just ex- uh, completed his ELC. You know, he's probably going to get a bridge deal from Lou. 
max like four million dollars i bet at that point like probably it's going to be doable it's going to be doable for the new york islanders in two years time which is huge for them you're right they have flexibility now and we'll get to what that flexibility means in a bit but they also have flexibility down the road if like you said, Noah Dobson, and, and I think he could, and I'm sure you do too, can, can become that number one right-handed D when you don't need uh, Ryan Pollock anymore. You say like, via Candios, buddy, see you later. Like, we, we don't we don't really need you. We've got a guy who's going to do it for less. We're good. And then you've, you've created even more flexibility for yourself. Right. It, it all depends on what happens over the next two years. And I do think Noah Dobson yes. could be that guy, but I, I'm not necessarily saying this closes the book on Ryan Pulak, that that's the end no. of him after, you know, after this two year deal, he's going to walk. I don't necessarily buy that either. No. And I, I, I hope that I don't, my words don't uh, make it seem that that's what I'm thinking. Like, ha ha, here we go. Uh, Noah Dobson season, baby. Get out of here, Pulak, you bum. Uh, but, it gives them that option if like they have to make that switch they can or like you like you mentioned like just keep them both why that why not right like that's two quality right-handed defensemen which is a premium in this league you keep those guys yeah if you can afford it absolutely anything else on the Pulak contract before we move this along um well he's getting paid pretty well like of course we know the AAV is a straight five million dollars but the payout itself uh, total salary in year one, $3.34 million, and then it doubles in year two at $6.6 million. So he's going to get paid pretty well with a $1.5 million signing bonus in year two. Yeah, so good on him for uh, getting a raise and uh, taking a team-friendly deal. That's that's good. That's huge, man. That's huge. And, and let's let's get into why that's huge. Because Matthew Barzell needs to get signed. So Never heard of him. <laughs> that gimmick's never going to get old, Mitch. Um, so he obviously is an RFA who needs a contract and I wrote about it today. I I think this deal shows that Barzal is also getting a bridge deal. I don't think he is getting a long-term deal. Oh yeah. I I 100% agree with you. Uh, Obviously there's, there's a possibility that they, they lock him into a long-term deal if he agrees to a low number. But, but I think, like you're you're aptly saying, like why would he do that? He being Barzal, he just saw what Ryan Pollock did. Just sign the two-year deal, and in two years' time, you're gonna get paid. Like Barzal's only 23. At that two-year deal, he's still just gonna be an RFA. Right. He's still gonna be an RFA. Like he's got time. Which is huge because uh, the last time the Islanders signed a semi-bridge deal with their superstar <laughs> forward, he became a UFA when that deal expired. So uh, the Islanders getting in on that. Um, and him being only 25 years old, being an RFA, is a, a really good sign. Absolutely. So, And he'll have time to build himself up into a place where he can get signed, or sorry, where he can get signed to a big, big like $10 million deal that he wants. But for now, like a two-year, seven, $7.5 million deal, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Yeah, I, I, definitely, I definitely think so. Um, and it, again, like the Pulak deal, like we just talked about, it would also it would be beneficial to both sides. It would help the Islanders out in the short term because the cap hit isn't going to be as big as what it would need to be over a, a longer period of time. And for Barzal, it'll help him cash in with at 25, still a really nice age to cash in at, in a market where you can demand more money because the league is in a better situation in a hopefully, knock on wood, post-COVID world. 
Right. And like these two, these just when I want to say these two, I mean, Pollock and Barzal have spoken on this subject, right? Like they want to take deals that are good for themselves, obviously, but also good for the team. So I'm quoting Andrew Gross here. He says, regarding RFA Matthew Barzal, newly re-signed Isles D, Ryan Pollock says two have talked in the offseason. Says goal for both was to have deals that worked for both sides in order to keep as much of this group together as possible. Pollock says they want to win here. So they, they've had a parlay to be like, but we, we got to make sure that we're not taking these guys to the cleaners necessarily. Let's get what we're owed, but let's not try to make it too difficult because we, we have a chance to do something here. Let's make it happen. Right. Absolutely. Which you got to give credit to both of those guys for uh, being aware. And, and listen, I'm for, I'm all for, you know, guys getting theirs and stuff like that, but to be on the same page and being like, hey, we want to get this done. We want to be compensated fairly, but at the same time, we also realize what's going on here. That's really cool, and that shows that everyone's on the same page. Right. I, I think that argument, I, I'd be more mad about that argument in a regular uh, or, or a normal situation, uh, but in, in a COVID world with a flat cap, you, you can't get mad about guys taking discounts. Like I, I know players were mad at Daniel Alfredson for taking years and years of of team friendly deals because they're like, you're not only are you not getting yours, but you're affecting my pay as well. Right. Because like other players who maybe aren't as good as Daniel Alfredson or are as good. Well, their comparable is now him and he's not getting the same. He's getting a lower amount, which is going to reduce their take home pay. Right. But in this situation it's different because we don't have the economic certainty isn't the same. Uh, teams aren't flush with cash. It's not like anyone is readily available to toss money at these guys. Uh, so like taking home discount deals, knowing you're going to get paid later. Uh, it, it just makes sense in today's world. It's not like a Kevin LeBanc handshake deal with the San Jose Sharks taking a $1 million deal for no apparent reason. Uh, this is, we fully well realize that the money just isn't there. So let's get as much as we can, knowing we're going to get more later. Absolutely. I, I think that's a perfect way to put it. And it's, I, I know we're, we sound like a broken record already because we talked about it a bunch in these first two segments, but this is mutually beneficial, which is a good thing. Because one... You don't want disgruntled people on either side of this. Like, obviously, I think it's worse from the player's perspective because that kind of actually impacts what's going on on the ice. But you also don't want to piss off the the general manager because then, you know, who knows? You might be on the next plane out of here. <laughs> You'll find a trade for you somewhere in like in Winnipeg, maybe or something like that. But uh, which, you know, wouldn't be too bad for us, I guess, because if, if that's the case, you know, we're probably getting Patrick Liney back, which is, you know, do something with it. <laughs> uh but with the Ryan Pollock signing, the Islanders have $3.905 million left on the cap. I don't think Barzal is taking three point nine oh five. No. As, as a bridge deal. No, absolutely Although that would not. still be a hefty raise on his, what is it, $864,000 ELC? Yeah, it would be. It definitely would be a uh, a nice raise forward. But uh, he's going to get more than that, which I guess kind of leads to the, the question of, well, not, well, now what happens to free up the space in order to just get Barzal done? Yeah, so like they can get that done in the offseason, no, no problems, right? Like, yes, they only have $3.905 million, uh, but they're, they're still able to tap into a 10% extra uh, like cushion. So every team has this extra 10% that they can go over the cap during the offseason. So add another $8.15 million uh, to that cap hit, to that 3.905. And we're now looking at $12.055 million in terms of, and I'm using air quotes here, cap space. 
that's more than enough for Barzell. That that's just way too much, even. Yeah. No, it definitely it definitely is too much, and you know it, it's they're not going to pay him all that. They're going to give him a bridge deal for what did you say before seven, six, seven. I would say seven. Let's maybe keep it at seven, and then understand that there's a a plus minus of like three hundred thousand or something like that around it. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. So, um, more of the story, they would have a little bit extra space on top of that, which which is also a good thing. You don't want to be right pressed up against the limits, uh, just in case. Um, so it's always good to have exactly. a little bit. Of, it's always good to have a little bit of room. Um, so with that, if they sign Barzal to a $7 million deal, uh, that means they will effectively have gone up and assuming they make no other changes to the roster or, or cap situation uh, once they make that signing, they will have gone over the cap ceiling by $3.095 million. Uh, that's a lot, right, to go over, but but you can make that work, right? Like you can move Hickey, Ladd, and uh, name another person to the minors, Right, like so. If yep. you're you're moving Hickey, Hickey that's man. I'm forgetting one person Orchuk? here. Komarov or Komarov. Let's just say that minus one point oh seven five. That leaves them. You move all those three guys to the to the AHL. All three of them. That you're now below the cap by one hundred thirty thousand dollars. It's not a lot. It's not a lot of room. But no. you're below the cap ceiling, and that's what matters. Yeah, absolutely. All you got to do is get below that amount, and, and you're set. Um. And I think we kind of realized that they're going to have to bury some contracts here. Oh, absolutely. And, and this isn't assumed that you could just move Lad to LTIR and then we fix this. We're fine. Of course. And I, I think you could make the case for for Lad going on LTIR. I know he I know he played a game, but even still, it, it's how many games has he played in the last two years? Twenty five, if that. I'm going to say yeah, that sounds about right. Let's bring it up exactly here. We got times. Sure. I don't know why I keep calling. We got. St- it's insane. Twenty. He played exactly thirty NHL games in the last two years. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I think he he's could... played thirty-six AHL games, by the way. Right. So it's not like he's been playing a bunch either. So uh, I think you could sell that this guy can't play hockey anymore. No, exactly. And so if they do that, they just put Lad on LTIR. They they after you know assuming they go over the cap by three point oh nine five, that means that they've had they now have two point four million dollars worth of cap space. There you go. You signed Green and and uh, and Matt Martin to one million dollar deals, and you still have four hundred thousand dollars worth of cap space. Yep, that'll do it. That'll work. And and you haven't done anything with Hickey yet or Komarov for that fact. You move them, and you you've created more space. Yeah. So um, while the Islanders' cap situation is still not easy, it's the path to getting out of it is becoming a little bit more clear, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, and we always, we always knew that, right? Like, as soon as Ryan Pollock had figured, or they figured out the Ryan Pollock situation, we would know where some of the other variables fit. Like, of course, we still don't know the Matt Martin contract, and we don't know the Andy Green contract either. Uh, we're assuming they're both done. Uh, we've been told that they're essentially done, and Lou just hasn't sent the facts in uh, for nefarious reasons, obviously. He, he's just making sure that other people can't screw with him, so he's screwing with them, which is exactly what you want from your GM. We love that. It's great. <laughs> Um, he's just not letting everyone know what, what his number is. Uh, and until we, we know what happened with Ryan Pulak, he wasn't going to do anything else. And I don't expect him to do it either. He's, no. he's in no rush to get those deals in. Like, what is he going to do? So uh, unless the NHL decides, like, you're, we're going to start paying these guys, then, that, then he might. 
yeah, then at that point, yeah, maybe he starts doing that. But that's a good point. Uh, anything else on Barzal and what we expect from him? Uh, any idea? How about this? Let's close with this at least. When do you expect the Barzal deal to get done? Oof, that's a good one because he doesn't have like this arbitration date looming ahead of him. Um, it doesn't matter, right? I, I would say over the next week. When is Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is the 27th, uh, 26th. The 26th. So I'm going to say uh, by the 20th, it's done. All right. Let's you. How about this? We'll, we'll, let's have some fun with it. Uh, we'll try okay. to remember. Thanksgiving as the over under date. You take the under. I'll take the over. Okay. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll have some fun with that. So we'll see who gets that one right. I'll take the over. Uh, I hope it's the under, but. Lou can just go nuts and sign him pretty much whenever. So maybe a Christmas <laughs> just be present. Like, I'm not doing anything until I've had my turkey. <laughs> he'll, he'll send it in on uh, Christmas Eve at 4 p.m. Right before everyone goes on their, <laughs> <laughs> on their holiday break. Everyone's putting everything. Oh, he did what? Lou, no. <laughs> always. He always does that. Unbelievable. I love it. Arthur, I, I don't, but I do. Arthur Staple and Andy Gross shake their fist. <laughs> I was driving to my family's house. Yeah. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. So uh, with that, would you like to get into some lineup predictions? Yes. Let us do that. Okay. So how about this? You'll yep. go, we'll do positional groups. So we'll start with the forwards. What would your lineup be? My lineup would be from first line to fourth line, from left to right. Uh, Lee Barzell, Eberle, line one. Bo Nelson, Wallstrom, line two. Uh, Michael Delacole, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, Josh Bailey, line three. Line four, Matt Martin, Casey Zekas, Cal Clutterbuck. Okay. We're close. I am going with Lee Barzell Eberly, Bo Nelson Bailey, Bellows, uh, Peugeot Wallstrom, Martin Zekas, Clutterbuck. <sighs> See... I know people aren't going to be necessarily happy with my lineup because Walsh is playing on, on the second line and not the third. And, and I get that. Um, but like we, we saw Michael Dalcole play second line minutes at the beginning of last season. So yeah, that was stupid. I, I, would be surpri- I wouldn't be surprised if Walsh starts on the second line. This guy's a top six player. He's not a bottom six player. I, I don't disagree with you. I think they are going more. So, okay. Remember in like 2014-15, they had the kid line of Nelson, Strom, and Lee, and yes. that was effectively their their third line. I think they're going more that route. So a little bit of a different direction, but with Pajot, the veteran, who is a little bit more of the the two-way guy who could be the, the defensive responsible forward, and um, the other two young wingers are kind of just not playing as many minutes as they might uh, in a top six role, but could still do their thing and learn the game from a guy who plays both ways. Yeah. I I don't personally disagree with that. I just don't see how, I don't see the Islanders putting two rookies on Jean-Gabriel Pecho's line. Be like, Hey, hey Jean, thanks for coming by. Here's your six K. Here's your 6 million. Uh, We're going to put two anchors on you. Okay. Now go. Earn oh, your paycheck. They're not anchors. anchors. That's not Let's fair. See. They put them with Dal Cole and Komarov. If those aren't anchors, I don't know what is, Mitch. Well, you're, you're giving him rookies who don't or are expected to make mistakes, and he's going to have to cover for them. At least with Mike, Michael Dal Cole, it's like, we're giving you a resting heart rate of 65. Don't worry about anything else. <laughs> he's not going to do a whole lot more than that. 
but you don't have to worry about checking on it. Like, he's going to be okay, not great. You do the rest, but my man's not going to bury you. He's just going to be there, all right? Whereas if these two guys, it's kind of like, I'm going to make a pass, and it's, he's not, they're not going to be there at all because they're not used to it. Uh, it it's just... It's possible, of course. I, I just don't see it. I, I just, I personally don't see it. See, and I personally don't see them messing with the top two lines because I think they really like what they got out of those two lines in the playoffs. See, I was going to go more drastic. What I would ultimately like to see would be Beauvillier, Barzal, Wallstrom top line. Oh, that's nuts. that would be my top line. <laughs> oh, that's real nuts. Yeah, then that that's not going to happen. I, I I know that. And if it does, I'm going to slap myself three times in the face. Uh, and say uh, I told you so to myself, but like I, I just don't see um, Trotz breaking up Anthony Bovillier and Brock Nelson, and then bringing to, to put him to put Bo with Barzal because they're buddies, uh, and then add Wallisham to the mix. I, I just don't see it happening. But oh my god, if that could work, right? You got Bo who's a finisher, Barzal finishing a little bit more nowadays, and you got a true sniper in Oliver Wallstrom, or what should be a true sniper. And Oliver Wallstrom, that would be incredible, assuming it all works out. But I know that he's not going to do it. I know it. So that's all a fantasy in my head. Right. And I don't dislike the idea or the ideology of putting those three guys together. I just I really just don't think that happens. And that's pretty much what you're saying, too. Yeah. What what do you say of just putting Bo and Barzell together? I see a lot of people poo-pooing that. And I don't know if I I personally like it, but I don't see why you would poo-poo on it. No, I definitely wouldn't, um, and no, I wouldn't, uh, and for a couple of reasons. One, because I think Lee and Bailey work good together, and if you want to put both of those guys on the second line, I'm for that, and uh, you're kind of trying to recreate that magic of, uh, well, now going on three years ago of that uh, second line. Yeah, and, and when they were just absolutely dominant. Remember when Bo was on like a 60-point pace after going down to the AHL, and he was just unstoppable? But he didn't he end the year on like a five game goal streak as well. Yeah, yes he did. Uh, he didn't end the year because his last game he didn't score. But like in the six games to end the year, he scored five goals in a row. Five games with a goal in a row. Um, that would be incredible. And you got like you say, Lee Bailey, they work together. And you add you add Nelson to that mix. Like we've seen that line work before of, of Lee Nelson Bailey. We've seen it work just last year, or sorry, two years ago I should say. Uh, in small stretches, but it still works. So wh- why not, right? Like especially at the start of the year, where you're kind of like still trying to figure things out. I would give that a shot. Of course, I know that Barry Trotz probably won't. No, of, of course not. And Barry usually tends to go a little bit. Well, since his time with the Islanders, a little bit more conservative in that route. So yeah, the man doesn't like a lot of surprises. So that that's why I ate. To me, uh, too many rookies on, on one line or pairing even because we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. Uh, just I, it doesn't seem like a, a Barry Trotz move, but I, I, I remain I hope remain hopefully surprised. All right. So let's get into the defensive pairings now. Who do you like there? Uh, I think we're all pretty clear. I think we're going to come up with the same thing with Pelic Pollock, Lady Letty Mayfield and Green Dobson. Right. Yeah, that's what I have, too. I just think that makes the, the most sense. Um We'll start with the top. You don't mess with the top two. Uh, Pelik and Pulak have been really, really good. Um, Nick Letty, we, we talked about it a bunch since the Vontaze trade. Him being on your second pair really isn't a big deal. That's that's fine. I think he is a, a fine second pairing guy. And Scott Mayfield was solid with Devontae's who, I mean, 
is plays a similar style game to Nick Letty. They're more offensive and, and speed orientated. So I think that pairing could absolutely work. And Green's the veteran who can help Noah Dobson get into league. And in the playoffs, we saw the two of them work pretty well together. And, you know, I understand Andy Green's, you know, going to be filing for AARP soon. He's pretty old, <laughs> but uh, he, you just really need him for one more year. And before Noah Dobson's ready to take that next step. Cause that's another thing too. Like I don't want to throw Noah Dobson into a top four D pairing role right away. I want him to play a full season as a bottom pairing guy, get your 17 minutes a night and get, you know, acclimated with the league. I want him to play top four. I wanted him to play top four last year. Uh, you're, you're not going to learn if you don't get thrown into the trenches. That's just how it works. Um, but I, I'm okay with with what they're doing. I'm not I'm not going to say like because they're not doing what I would like them to do that I'm mad about it. Uh, it. It's a very cautious and calculated approach, and that's okay. They they have time to do that. If they were the Detroit Red Wings, however, I would be livid because like, well, well, what are you doing? Right? right. There, you're not going to win anyways. Um, but the Islanders are winning. They're in a winning position, so like you don't take the risk of of throwing in a a, a rookie on the top four to just see like see what happens, right? Uh, this isn't you cooking past and seeing if it sticks on the wall. This is you're you're, you're talking about a championship. So I, I could see him. Uh, there, there's no reason that he doesn't play third line minutes. There, there's no reason he's going to play a full season, uh, unless for some reason they can't move Boychuk. Because like in this case, none of us have Boychuk on on our list. Like is he just gone in in our world? Did they they did they trade him or is he in the AHL? I have him in the A. I don't think they're going to be able to move his deal in a trade. I I feel the same way, and then they they must have talked to him about that, saying like Johnny, like you, we we've got to put you somewhere. We can't have six million dollars on the cap. If we can save one point zero seven five million, we're gonna do it. Sorry for your luck, and it's not like you have a no move clause anymore, so you can't really say no about it. Um, sorry, but if they keep Boychuk for some reason, then then maybe there's that interchange again. Uh, which which doesn't fly. If you're going to interchange him again, just put Dobson in the A. Let him play the 20-plus minutes a night in the AHL. That works. Uh, but for now, yeah, you, you definitely play him on the third pair. The second pair, I think, works really well for everything that you mentioned, but also adding to the fact that Nick Letty is, is a, a seasoned veteran in the NHL, uh, whereas Devontae's was not. Right, like The last year was his second, was his first full year in the NHL. Right. Right, and so like he's not polished he's not a polished or finished product just yeah, yet he's still raw at the nhl level so like he still makes mistakes in his own end he's not that great defensively and it's not to say that nick letty's the best defensive defenseman out there but he's a little bit more uh responsible at home he's still not great but he's better than Devontae's. is so that that'll help scotty a little bit and then of course like you said you, you, don't, you don't touch what works in the top area just don't move it absolutely i just think that makes a ton of sense and how about goalies who's your starter I, it's going to be Varlamov. Yeah, it has to. Uh, like, unless Sorokin has a lights-out camp and he's just, like, not allowing any goal at all, uh, aside when he takes a water break, uh, that, that you, you start Varlamov. That, that's just how it works. But I, I don't expect Sorokin to be the next coming of, of Dominic Hasek during training camp. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. I, I, I think, you know, he's going to be eased in, and he's going to get his starts. He is. He's, it's not like he's not going to play. Like, if you had them over, obviously, I think it's safe to assume they're not going to play an 82-game season, but let's just imagine they were for a second for numbers. 
You'd probably still get 25 starts, I would I would assume. Probably. I, I was just thinking back to my comment about Dominic Hasek. If there's anyone who would know what the second coming of Dominic Hasek would be, it would, Mitch, it would be Mitch Korn, who coached Dominic Hasek. <laughs> yeah, I, I was watching you come to that realization through the camera, which was pretty funny. <laughs> the, the dumb faces I was making in my head, like, ah, ah, the Kermit voice in my head going like, ah, what about this? Hey, what about the slow hamster the coming off of his, his sugar high that I just self-inflicted. Um, yeah, so you're right. Like He'll probably get 25 starts this year, uh, and maybe that's a little bit more backloaded, right? Like He probably doesn't get a ton of starts to start the year, uh, but then as the year progresses, if the, the numbers are right, then, then those numbers of starts go up. Yeah, exactly. So it all depends on how he starts and how everything's going, but uh, I think he's going to get a significant chunk of uh, starts here for sure. Absolutely. Uh, there's going to be an adjustment period for him, uh, for sure, just because the caliber of play is, is higher, obviously, here than it is at the KHL level. Uh, and, and the game is a little bit more different. It's a little bit more physical here than it is over there. Uh, although from the games I'm watching, sometimes they're, <laughs> my God, oh boy. Um, but I, I don't imagine it's going to be a, a, a long adaptation period for him. No, me neither. Absolutely not. Um Anything else on projected lineups before we keep this thing moving? What about the power play? And I don't want to Ooh, get into the lineups okay. of the power play necessarily, but do you think that the Islanders find a way to improve their power play, even though they've made no improvements to the lineup? Arguably, arguably they've taken a step back by removing their their number one power play quarterback in Devontae's. What, what was their percentage on the regular season? 17? 17.3% efficiency. I think it's going to be better. I think the power play efficiency will be higher than 17. I, I, I do as well. Like we mentioned it before with Anders Lee shooting better, but like it, it really, I think it really just comes down to that. Like he could easily add another eight power play goals to their tally. Right. I think you're 20 might be a little bit rich, which is sad because we always talk about, oh, if we could just get to the 20%. I'm going to say in the high 19s is where okay. they finish. Let's just look at their efficiency this year. It was 17.3%, right? I, I got to bring it up here. Oh, boy. Of course, the NHL doesn't make it super easy. Power play. There we go. Get stats by team. Regular season. The Islanders were 17.3% efficient, 24th best power play in the league. Rough. Uh, they had 168 power play opportunities and scored 29 power play goals. So assuming those power play opportunities hold, which was still low, by the way, right? Like they had the lowest in the league by a healthy margin. Did they not? They did. Yeah. Uh, they're ranked 31st with 168, Anaheim 30th with 184. Anyway, so if that 168 holds and we're adding eight goals to Anders Lee's total. So we're adding another eight. They're at 37. So 37 divided by 168. We're at 22% efficiency. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a big difference. Right, and that, that's Lee scoring eight, and I think that might be a little bit generous to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if you're doing six, right, you're at 35 uh, divided by 168. That's a 20.8% deficiency. Okay, yeah, that's a little bit more like it. And that that's just Lee getting better on the power play and in, in like shooting at a reasonable rate for him, which is not 7.14%. So, yeah, I, I, I could definitely see this power play hitting 20%, which isn't like league leading at, at all I think league leaders this year was Edmonton at like th- almost 30 percent 24.5 
twenty uh, percent is uh, would, would definitely be eighth, right? Like Tampa was eighth this year with a nineteen point eight percent efficiency. Okay. So they they'd be moving up from the bottom to at least the top ten, which would be a huge jump if Lee and Lee alone and they saw very few power play opportunities performed. Absolutely, I think that would be great. I think we'd sign up for that in a heartbeat for sure. Oh, easily, easily. And that that's again, that's only Lee. That's only Lee getting better. Shall we get into the quiz, Mitch? Yes. So uh, as we do every week, we uh, dedicate the episode to a specific New York Islanders player who's played X number of games for the New York Islanders, X representing the number of episodes. We're at 168. I couldn't find a player who has played 168 games for the New York Islanders, Matt, but I did find someone who scored 168 goals for the New York Islanders. Okay. So are you ready? If you if you at home are uninitiated to this, I give Matt five clues to guess the player. Uh, they get progressively easier as we go along. Ready? Yes, let's do it. Clue number one. I was his second round pick in 1991. Next. <laughs> Two. <laughs> I don't it know. took me years to make the NHL. You've got it on the first one, so it kind of threw me off that you're so quick <laughs> to keep going. It took me years to make it to the NHL. Ziggy Palfy. Yes. Oh, I'm on a I heater. I it too easy. Let's go. Let's oh, go. Oh, man. I I, uh, I think I shouldn't have said 168 goals. I told myself before that I wouldn't say it, but because I'm like Ron Burgundy light, I wrote on my on my notes here, <laughs> quiz, 168 goals, Ziggy Palfy, and then uh, I just read the goals thing. Anyways, good job by you. Oh, I will take it. We are on, we're on a run right now. I love it. We are. I got, I got to make these significantly harder, which means I need to do even more research. <laughs> no. Like at noon today, I, I was like, let's, let's do it. Let's go here. I gave myself an hour to figure this stuff out. Oh, my God. Love that. That's awesome. Uh, so the other ones were three. I made four all-star game. Uh, sorry. I made four all-star games in my career. Four. My first NHL season was incredible with over a point per game. Okay. There you go. And then five. My Slovak buddies called me Zigo. That would have given it. Yeah, I would, sure. I, would have, I would have gotten it then. But awesome. That's a good one. Good job by you, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. I don't want to call myself a hero, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes, right? Exactly. Let's get into the social stuff. We're going to go around Isles Twitter, see what's going on. Mitch, what do you got for us this week? Um, first one is update from Matt Martin, who's running around Long Island wearing a dinosaur uh, outfit. Love him. I, I, I love Matt Martin. He What a human being he is. Absolutely. He, he, I don't, he only did it to like... I guess entertain the Bailey boys. I I think so. <laughs> like I'm pretty well, sure. There's a video here where he's I guess in Josh Bailey's backyard now. <laughs> I, I guess there's a path that you can get into Josh Bailey's backyard. Maybe you shouldn't say this out loud, but like he's he, there's this one video from Sydney. So Sydney Sias and Martin. And everyone knows what her Twitter handle is. Anyway, she's got a video here of, of Matt in in the dinosaur outfit in Josh Bailey's yard, and like Josh Bailey's there with the two kids, and they're like, "Ah, I run away from the dinosaur!" <laughs> and the dumb floppy head is going from side to side. It was it was so funny. It was so funny. Can you imagine driving through wherever <laughs> what North Shore Long Island town and just seeing a dinosaur <laughs> running around the backyard? That's amazing. That's insane. So uh, good job, Matty Martz, living his best life. It's a uh, love it. Absolutely. Uh, my first one is an on this date. 
which came yesterday. On this date in 2007, Al Arbor stepped behind the aisle's bench one last time to end his career with 1,500 NHL games coached. So I just wanted to bring up that memory because uh, that was a good one. That was the only time that I got to see Al Arbor coach, so I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, well, the same thing, right? So that that's, well, yeah, really. Uh, it, it's... That was a special thing, right? Because, like, uh, I forget. God, what was the, the coach's Ted, name again? Ted Nolan. Ted Nolan. I was going to say Ted Lindsay. That's why I didn't want to spit it out, because I knew it wasn't that, of <laughs> course. Um, to, to step away, and it was his idea, right? It was Ted Nolan's idea. Yeah, because he kept seeing the plaque at fourteen ninety nine every day, and he's like, this is stupid. Like, this makes no sense. It is. It absolutely is. So, like, if there was, you guys were one game short. Come on now. Uh, so, bringing him in for that one. And he got a win, too, did he not? Yeah, he did, to bring it to seven forty. So awesome, awesome all around. Uh, just just a great thing. It, it's a great feel-good moment, and it's great to feel good at these times right now. Absolutely. So I wanted to show some love to the former Islander coach. Yeah, and so uh, my next one here is from uh, at Dave Artificial. Uh, so that's David Gunnarsson, uh, who paints like goalie helmets. Mm-hmm. And so there's the art of uh, Ilya Sorokin's helmet for Ooh. the 2020 season. And it's a fisherman on both sides. It's the fisherman on both sides and the lighthouse right down on the forehead. Listen, they, they, the players keep putting it on their helmets, man. They like it. They like it. I was going to say the, the Russians love it, but like Thomas Grice had it. Yeah. He ain't no Russian. No, and the uh, Germans do. They, they love him. I, I don't see why they wouldn't. It's a great, it's a great look. It is. It really is. It's so cool and unique. Yes, for an alternate as being the the key word, not the full time switch as an alternate, completely fine. I think it's cool. My so I got all wrapped up in my thing here. My cord is all wrapped <laughs> up in my. Anyways, he's struggling over there. Last one for me comes from at NHL on NBC Sports. It says official Ryan Pulak has agreed to a two year deal with the New York Islanders. That's not where the issue, not issue, but the the interesting part lies. It, it comes with the picture. It's, I don't know if you saw it, Mitch, but it is clearly photoshopped. And I ask you, is this A, a bad photoshop, or B, a look at the Islanders' new retro, reverse retros? Where, sorry, I, I missed that. What what am I supposed to be looking yeah, at right I'll, now? I'll send the link in the chat for you. Yeah, send that over to me. I was bringing up my second one, and I guess I wasn't paying enough attention, so you caught me there. All right, let's go NHL NB. Okay, yes, redirect me, of course. Oh yeah. Did he ever wear those? D- that what do you mean? No, that's not that's not you're talking about the black jersey, right? That's not that. No, no, this is like a weird dark blue jersey with some orange. Yeah, that's got to be a bad photoshop. They they someone played with the saturation, no? It, it must cuz like he's he's never I've never seen those jer- just looking at the orange around the neck. May- maybe this is a look at at the the new thirds cuz like just looking at the collar itself that that is not a typical collar, and, and and looking at just the shoulders with with that that's an Adidas jersey. I don't see Adidas anywhere, but like that's what Adidas jerseys look like now. So, either someone had a lot of fun redoing this because the helmet looks off, looks definitely photoshopped. Um, but yeah, man, may, maybe that's it. I don't know. That'd be kind of weak if that was the next third jersey. I it's like it's gray. There's no way this has got to. I'm I'm going bad bad Photoshop. Someone played with the saturation. Uh yeah, I don't like it. Maybe. Yeah, I'm going to give you that that one. Uh, my, my last one here is, is again, jersey-related, I guess. Um, uh, this one's from Dixie Hockey Problems at uh, Hockey Prob South. 
and says, this is the worst third jersey in, in, in NHL history. Changed my mind. And it's the uh, the Islanders jersey that's black and just says Islanders in orange letters. I forget what year they wore that one, but like it's absolutely disgusting. The all oh, like the with the gray in it too. Yes, the gray yeah. shoulder patches. Uh, sorry, the the gray shoulder caps, and it's got the Islanders original logo on the shoulder, and then it just says Islanders across the chest in in green or sorry orange letters. Yeah, that that was a brutal brutal jersey. I believe. That was 2011 to 2014, I think, somewhere in that, that range. That's what I'm thinking, um, but I, I, I'm really bad with my dates. Uh, I guess I should bring it up there. Because but... 2014 was the stadium series, so that's, that's when right. they went to that other alternate. And I think these came in in either 2010 or 2011. So it was a short-lived jersey, and thank God, because it was grotesque to watch. It was. It was 11 through 14 that they, they had it. So it, it, it debuted in, in 2011. Right. And this one doesn't even show off the numbers, right? Because they had that number underneath the, the Islander. Yeah. Right. So like all, on the chest itself, which is absolutely horrendous. Yeah. It was re- it was really bad. It was not a good jersey. It was not a good jersey. And so like that that is not good for us. Absolutely. So before we go, let me get a couple of. Oh, sorry. I, I had one last one. This is from Andy, uh, and it's about uh, a, a New York Ranger that deleted his Twitter account today. Yes, Tony D'Angelo is—he's uh, not happy. Um, no, with, uh, this isn't meant to be a political statement. It's just nope. kind of funny when you know the chips are down. It seems, although like as far as I know, nothing has been confirmed yet. Uh, he just like straight deletes, which I, I don't blame him necessarily because I can only imagine like his phone exploding. If the the decision doesn't go his way, I can only imagine like he he's just saving his phone at this point, really. And I again, I do not blame him because his phone would literally explode. Yeah, I I kind of I kind of see where he's coming from. It it is a little soft, a little soft. You can mute the notifications. That's what I would do. I might have muted the noties for uh, for a little bit there. I, I think him. so, but I I think he's playing a long game and he's like, nah, I can't I can't keep I can't. This is. I can only imagine what what is being sent him all the time, and you know, to a certain degree, kind of deservedly so with the things that he says. But like, other than that, like, it's just gonna keep on coming to him. Yeah, it's, and just just get ahead of it and just end it. Absolutely. So, but couple, yeah, a little soft, a little soft, a <laughs> little soft, a little, little snowflakey, a little snowflakey there. But uh, <laughs> you know, sometimes when the shoe fits. So before we go, a couple of plugs. Wherever you're listening to the show, please make sure to give a subscribe, rate, and a review. That really helps us out a lot, and we appreciate all the love and support from each and every one of you. You can also follow along on social media at Eyes on Isles FS. I'm at Matt O'Leary NY on Twitter. Mitch is TLO Mitch. Facebook, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can download our app, the Eyes on Isles app, available for iPhone or Android. You can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, for all your New York Islanders needs. And if you're interested, check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash eyesonisles. It gets you a whole bunch of stuff over there. You got podcasts, mailbag shows, videos, live streams. It's a whole lot of fun. There's something new going up just about every day. It's an absolute blast, right, Mitch? Yes, uh, I, I'm trying to do a few a few more video uploads. I finally got my rig kind of set up. I still need to figure out how to really get my camera always in the right position. Um, but I'm working on that. Christmas is coming, and so Mitch has Ooh. got some ideas for people to buy me some stuff. Love that. <laughs> Love that for you. So that's going to do it for us on episode 168. Thank you for joining us. I'm Matt O'Leary. He's Mitch Anderson, and we will talk to you next time.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.